We eat to live, but the food we're eating is killing us. Not just because of what it does to our bodies, but because of what it does to our climate. Beef, for example, comes from cows that burp out methane, which is a powerful greenhouse gas that traps up to 80 times more heat than carbon dioxide does. And then we go and chop carbon-absorbing forests to graze those methane-emitting cows, only to throw away one-third of all the food we produce. If there are two things that scientists who study this stuff agree on, it's that we can slow climate change by eating less meat and wasting less food. These are two key take-homes from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change's new special report on climate change and land, which was published this week in Geneva. Man may be unwittingly changing the world's climate through the waste products of his civilization. There's a group of us now who are proposing that the Earth has actually entered a new epoch, and that is the Anthropocene. We know that the enemy is carbon, and we know its ugly face. We should put a big fat price on it, and of course, add to that, drop the subsidies. Earth. We broke it, we own it. And nothing is as it was. Not the trees, not the seas, not the forests, farms, or fields and not the global economy that depends on all of these. But we can restore it, make it better, greener, more resilient, more sustainable. But how? Technology? Geoengineering? Are we doomed to live on a bionic planet, or is nature herself the answer? That's the question we address in every episode of Bionic Planet, a podcast of the Anthropocene the new epoch defined by man's impact on Earth. And today we take a quick look at the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or IPCC's new compendium of all known science related to climate change and land use. Why am I covering it quickly when everyone else is covering it in depth? Because I cover the issues it addresses in every episode of Bionic Planet. The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or IPCC, was created 31 years ago to compile all the known science on the climate crisis. And every few years, they publish massive reports on one aspect of the challenge or another. This week, they published the special report on climate change and land, which looks at all the ways our forests, farms, and fields impact the climate and the way the climate impacts them. Incidentally, I'm recording today's show from the lobby of my building because I've got construction workers upstairs and it's way too loud. And even down here, I can hear some street traffic out there. So I apologize if you get some goofy little background sounds. Anyway, if you're a regular listener, then the headlines of this past week are old news to you. I've seen nothing in the New York Times or on CNN or anywhere these past few days that I haven't written a million times myself on Ecosystem Marketplace or elsewhere. But what's with the headlines? They're all blaring that the United Nations has issued a new warning. The fact is, the warning is only new to people who haven't been paying attention, which, tragically, is most mainstream reporters, who are only now coming to terms with the enormity of the challenge 
and haven't even begun to really understand the solutions available or the challenges to implementing those solutions. If you're a regular listener to Bionic Planet or a regular reader of Ecosystem Marketplace, you're far ahead of the game. And for you, this new report, which is more accurately termed a compendium of everything we know about the science of climate change and land use, has tremendous value. I started reading it yesterday morning and haven't been able to put it down since. Because even though it's old news, the report does something that I've never seen done this well before. Namely, it brings all this research together in one place and it puts it into context, which is exactly what I've been trying to do on this show. I'll be harvesting the IPCC report for future episodes, basically building shows around key elements of the report and in a way that I hope will ease you into it. It's available for download in chunks on the IPCC website, but it's kind of hidden there. I'll provide a link in today's show notes, and I really hope you check it out, beginning with Chapter 1, Framing and Context. It may seem that I'm stating the obvious by telling you to start with Chapter 1, but that's actually the eighth download link on the IPCC website. If you go to the main download page and click on the first link you see, you'll get a lot of wonky material that won't make a lot of sense unless you are already somewhat expert. So again, you can either go digging around on the IPCC website, or you can go to the show notes for episode 49 of Bionic Planet called Understanding the IPCC's New Compendium of Science on Climate, Forests, and Farms at bionic-planet.com. Now, here's something interesting. When the report came out, I got a few dozen emails asking when I was going to cover it. I answered those mails by pointing out that I cover these issues every day on Ecosystem Marketplace and on every episode of Bionic Planet, but that I just don't have time to do as many episodes as I want because, well, these episodes take time to produce and time is money. If you really do like these shows and want more of them, then help me generate them by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash bionic planet. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash bionic planet. And bionic planet is all one word there, no dots, dashes, or spaces. At my Patreon page, you can support me for as little as $1 per episode and with a monthly cap. That way, if I go a month without producing a show, as I did in July, you won't have to pay a dime. And if I go nuts and produce a dozen shows in a month, you won't get whacked either. I'm looking for more ways to get funding so I can scale this up, but ultimately, I want to be listener-supported. That way, it's all about keeping you satisfied. The address again is patreon.com forward slash bionic planet. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash bionic planet. All one word, no dots, dashes, or spaces. You can also support me via bionic-planet.com, but I'm migrating to Radio Public's new pod site, and I'm not sure if I'll be able to set the donate button up right away. If you're already a subscriber on the legacy system, you can stay there, but I won't have that link on the new site. Patreon charges a service fee, but they provide a way for me to generate newsletters and updates, so that's where I'm asking people to go now. Of course, you can also help just by accessing me through the right podcatcher, namely, access me through the Radio Public app. That's Radio Public, like public radio, but backwards. They automatically pay me a few cents for every listener who hears the show all the way to the end, and that adds up. Finally, you can help just by giving me a five-star review on whichever podcatcher you hear me through. That helps because the more stars I get, 
the more ears I get. And the more ears I get, the more minds I can reach. And we have to reach hundreds of millions of minds if we're to meet this challenge. We can do it if we all work together. Now, getting to my quick take on the IPCC report. It was compiled by 107 authors from 52 countries, and they drew on 7,000 peer-reviewed scientific papers. Contrary to what the Koch brothers and Exxon want you to believe, this is not a few guys conspiring in a dark room, but is more than 100 leading scientists drawing on the work of thousands of peers and in public view. They received over 25,000 comments while putting this thing together, and it really does represent a consensus of what's causing the mess, what's at stake, Which solutions work? Which solutions probably work? Which might work? And which probably don't work? Although it's impossible to reduce such a massive tome into a few minutes of airtime, I'll give it a shot with a few key take-homes here, but I really encourage you to dive in yourself. First, what I found most interesting is the high degree of confidence they placed on two solutions I rarely cover, namely cutting back on meat and wasting less food. Beef, as I mentioned at the very start of the show, and as regular listeners know well, comes from cows that burp out methane, which is a powerful greenhouse gas. It traps up to 80 times more heat than carbon dioxide does, at least in the short term. To make matters worse, we often chop carbon-absorbing forests to graze those methane-emitting cows, only to throw away one-third of all the food we produce. The report emphasized that two things almost everyone agreed on is that we can reduce emissions by eating less meat and wasting less food, and we can actually quantify the impacts that both actions will have. I've actually gotten pretty good at both of these. I've cut back on my beef, and I started composting all of my vegetable waste a few years back. As a result, I've lost a bit of weight, and I've got a bin of thick, rich soil. It's totally cool, like a science experiment. My garbage cans are never full these days because everything goes to the recycling bin or the compost heap. And when I'm here in Chicago, where I live in an apartment and have no backyard, I use a service called Collective Resources, which drops off a bin and collects it each month. And no, they are not sponsors. They don't pay me a dime. I just like the work they do, and I wanted to give them a shout-out. That's Collective Resources if you're in the Chicago area and want to compost but don't have a backyard. Getting back to the findings, you probably know that I talk a lot about climate-smart agriculture on this show. That involves a range of supply-side activities like planting trees in among crops, which is called agroforestry, and shifting to no-till farming and permaculture. The IPCC report alludes to these activities, and it recommends expanding them, but it cautions that climate-smart agriculture won't work everywhere, and its impacts are difficult to quantify in advance. If you dig into the report, you'll find the confidence levels on climate-smart agriculture are classified as M or medium, while those on going vegan or reducing food waste are classified as high. That does not mean we should give up on climate-smart agriculture. Quite the contrary, we should expand it. It just means that scientists can't say for certain how much of a difference it will make in all circumstances, at least not ahead of time. Beyond that, four other things jumped out at me. First, that it's much better to save forests than it is to plant trees, although, again, both are good. Second, that we must support farmers and indigenous people. Third, that we must restructure global supply chains. And fourth, that we need to be careful about embracing BECCS, which stands for Bioenergy with Carbon Capture and Storage. 
let's dip our toes into each of these. On the first one, that it's better to save forests and to plant trees, this jumped out at me because tree planting efforts have garnered a ton of media attention this year, with Ethiopia planting more than 350 million trees in one day. The IPCC report emphasizes the importance of planting trees, but it reiterates the consensus that planting trees will come to naught if we continue chopping existing forests. And Brazil alone chopped more than a billion trees in the past few years. That's even before the election of Jair Bolsonaro. The Paris Climate Agreement contains provisions for financing forest conservation under mechanisms known as Red Plus, which stands for Reducing Emissions from Deforestation and Forest Degradation, or REDD, plus other things like sustainable forest management. My next three episodes will focus on Red Plus, so be sure to check back. On the second one, about how we must support farmers and indigenous people, this is another one we've covered a lot. Forest communities have long been among the best stewards of the land, but they need our support to keep that up. Within the Paris Agreement, the Coronivia Joint Work on Agriculture is where farmers engage the global process. And a motorcycle just zipped by. I hope you hope it's not distracting you. Anyway, you've got the Coronivia Joint Work on Agriculture for farmers, and then you've got the Platform for Indigenous Peoples and Local Communities, which is where forest people engage the process. Again, we've covered these issues a lot on this show, and we'll continue to do so in the future. I just wanted to make note of them here. On the third, about how we must restructure global supply chains, the report makes it clear that commodity companies face tremendous climate risk, but it offers little in the way of prescriptions for addressing it. This, again, is an issue we've covered a lot on the show. Hundreds of commodity companies have pledged to reduce their impacts on forests, but research by the Forest Trends Supply Change Initiative found that half of all companies with deforestation risk aren't addressing it. We do address it on Bionic Planet, including in the episode previous to this one, episode 47, which is called An Accountability Framework for Deforestation. Finally, the fourth one, about bioenergy with carbon capture and storage, or BECCS. I've alluded to this on the show, and I actually have shows planned that go into it in more detail. BECCS is a blend of old and new practices that use plant-based fuels or biofuels like ethanol made from corn to generate energy. But then they use carbon capture technology to prevent the carbon dioxide from getting into the atmosphere when the crops are burned. BECCS proponents say that cover crops like switchgrass and waste products like corn husks can provide the fuel without eating into land use to grow food. But the report identifies skepticism on that front. After reading this new report, I'll go back and revisit the episode I was working on because I may have gotten a few things wrong, so I won't post it until I've double-checked a few things. This, by the way, happens all the time, which is one reason there are big gaps between shows. I spend a lot of time going down dark alleys, researching things that don't pan out, and I don't post those because I don't want to waste your time or steer you wrong. And on that note, I'm wrapping up this short version of Bionic Planet, which is a bonus episode. If you're a patron, you will not be charged for this one, but I will charge for the next three, which take us back to the very beginnings of Red Plus. If you really do like these shows, then help me generate more of them by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash bionic planet. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash bionic planet. There you can support me for as little as $1 per episode and with a monthly cap. 
That way, if I go a month without producing a show, as I did in July, you won't have to pay a dime. And if I go nuts and produce a dozen shows in a month, you won't get whacked either. The address again is patreon.com forward slash bionicplanet. You can also support me via bionic-planet.com, but I'm migrating to Radio Public's new pod site, and I'm not sure if I'll be able to set the donate button up right away. If you're already a subscriber on the legacy system, you can stay there, but I won't have that link on the new site. Patreon charges a service fee, but they provide a way for me to generate newsletters and updates, so that's where I'm asking people to go now. Of course, you can also help just by accessing me through the right podcatcher, namely, access me through the Radio Public app. That's Radio Public, like public radio but backwards. They automatically pay me a few cents for every listener who hears the show all the way to the end, and that adds up. Finally, you can help just by giving me a five-star review on whichever podcatcher you hear me through. That helps because the more stars I get, the more ears I get. And the more ears I get, the more minds I can reach. And we have to reach hundreds of millions of minds if we're to meet this challenge. We can do it if we all work together. Let's do it. Until next time, I'm Steve Zwick in Chicago. Thanks for listening.